it comes down to the process. When do I need to order doors? It mm -hmm. takes three months to get in, two months to get in. So it's all logistics. What comes down to is really the team that you have with you. If you yeah. don't know construction, you have to have somebody in your team that can see ahead because I'm working two weeks ahead mm -hmm. all the time. You're listening to Investing for Good, a show that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. And now, here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, Julie. How are you? I'm good, Annie. How about you? How's that construction process? Excited about that. Yeah. You know, we've been cooped up at home for the last few months, and, you know, we were thinking, like... Should we move and get a bigger space or should we just, you know, take our existing space and sort of make it what we want? And this is actually the, we've lived here in this house in Oakland for um, four years, which is, which is the longest we've actually ever lived in a single place, if you believe it. Um, and so we're not used to this concept of like making it what you want. We're just like, we house hack, we buy a duplex, we rent it out, and then we make the improvements to make sure that it cash flows at the maximum um, amount, and then we move on. And so we thought, okay, well, if we were to do something to this home, what would we do? So we started thinking about it. it's a two-level duplex. We live on the top floor, and then we have tenants on the bottom floor. So the tenants all moved out. Um, it's a four-bedroom on the top, four-bedroom on the bottom. So we started out imagining, like, okay, what if we built in some stairs down, and then we took over a couple of the bedrooms downstairs. Maybe we move their kitchen, and we build them a new bathroom, and we, we take over one of their bathrooms. Rooms, and we started doing all of this planning. Meanwhile, the tenants moved, have already moved out. We've lost that monthly income, right? And so we're starting to work with a designer and starting to think about the permitting process because that's a whole nother thing. And then she's like, oh, she's, she's taking a look at all the, the drawings and the plans and everything. And she's like, well, you know, these stairs, that's going to be a really big issue. And we're like, ah, oh, shoot. Okay. Well, if we can't do stairs, you know, what's the next thing? And, you know, trying to be creative about it while also trying to, you know, give us some more space and give us, think, really think about what our goals are in doing this renovation. And that really, I think that it's a learning process for me. I don't know much about construction or renovations at all. And you know, this really dovetails nicely with our guest for today, who is Andressa Gadelli, co-founder with Liz Faircloth, who is on a previous episode of ours. Um, and they created, together they created the Real Estate Invest Her podcast and platform. And I love Andressa's story because she is fearless. She's like totally unstoppable. She's one of the few women I know who's in construction and construction management. And she is just not scared of anything. She's managing and working with all these men. And she really gets in there with the numbers and the details and the spreadsheets and everything. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I always like to talk about is the three C's, confidence, clarity, and certainty. Dressa embodies all three of those. I mean, and, and in like 
times a thousand too. It's amazing. It comes through in her, in her voice and in her posture and in her, just her words choice that she uses as well. Um, just such a powerful woman full of so much um, value. One thing that I love that both her and Liz commented on, which I thought was so uh, interesting, uh, which I struggle with and have a hard time with is that um, they talked a lot about putting themselves first and that their investments come second and that, you know, everything they're doing is a lot about their quality of life. And, you know, in everything that we do, we get so caught up in the busyness of everything that we're doing um, that for me, especially, you, as you know, Annie, it's hard sometimes for me to put myself first and it's always everything else work and, and kids before me. And um, so I love that that as a, as a female that she's reminding us as, as, as just as a woman, not let alone being a mother, but just as a woman that we need to remember to put ourselves first and not let, uh, you know, work overwhelm us. So I loved this, uh, this episode. Indeed. So much wisdom. Here is our conversation with Andressa Gadelli. Hey everyone, I'm Annie Dickerson here with my co-host Julie Lamb, and today we are talking to Andressa Gadelli, co-founder with Liz Faircloth of the Real Estate Invest Her podcast and platform. Andressa, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing good. Great. We're excited to have you here. I'm super super excited to first meet you guys too, because we have (laughs) talked so much online. We were just saying that we feel that we already know each other so much. I know, right? This is going to be a really good episode. Okay. So Andressa, you know, we recently had your partner, Liz Faircloth on the show. She was um, episode number three for our listeners. So definitely check that out. And she shared with us her story of how she and her husband, Matt, first got into real estate through taking courses and playing the cash flow game and going to seminars and events. And I know for you now, I know you were born and raised in Brazil and then came to the States after you got your MBA. So I wanted to ask, you know, was it always your intention to get into real estate investing at some point or how did that come about? I didn't even know real estate existed. <laughs> I came here, so it couldn't, couldn't be more odd. So I came because I really wanted to do a, a second master's degree, which I did, and professional business communication because I really wanted to get a good job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But that went like down to the drain very quick. I, I did. I did graduate. Um, during my last semester, I did an internship and I did door-to-door sales. And in one of the conversations with my manager, I said, hey, I really want to, you know, up my game here and gain the sales experience and skills that I really was striving to get. And, I'll, and I asked him, um, do you have a book that you will recommend? And he said, no, honey, you're not going to be in sales. Not because you suck at it or anything like that. You're great at it, but you're going to be entrepreneur. So, and then he's lied to my side, this like purple book. <laughs> that we're dead. Never heard of Robert before. Cam, oh nothing. And then I was like, what is this? He's like, read it in one week and then you come back to me and talk to me about it. And then I was reading that book and thinking with myself, why I don't know about this world. 
<laughs> you guys all know this and I don't. <laughs> what, what's going on here? <laughs> Who else knows about this? <laughs> and then I was like, wow, it was really like a, it's cheesy, really cheesy to say though, but it really like struck me in, 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 in my core. And, and at that time, you know, those like three, two day courses, I don't even remember that they offer for free or like one ninety nine, And I, I, mm-hmm. I took that. And in that time, my ex-husband and I started going through courses and it took us six months to get our first property. So mm-hmm. it was, that's how the journey started. We rehabbed that property overpay for the construction. <laughs> not talk about that part. At that time, I was so happy that we were able to rehab the property, um, leaving it and pull out on um, $68,000 uh, HELOC and reinvest that money in other properties and multiply it. But looking back, overspend so much in construction. <laughs> not even funny, but that's okay. <laughs> That's how I got started. That's so funny how a book like that can be so powerful. I feel like almost every guest on our show, um, you know, like 90% of the guests on our show start off saying that they read that book. And um, same for me. You know, when, when I got more serious into real estate, it was because I picked up that book because I kept hearing people say that on podcasts that they read that book and then it changed their lives. And, and I was like, Oh my gosh, let me, let me pick it up again. Cause I had picked it up a while ago and never read it and then lost it and then read it. And I, and it, I had the same feeling of like, what is this like secret? This is the secret I have been yeah. like looking for for so long. And it was such a game changer. Um, and so, yeah. I also so thought that people were telling me lies throughout my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, you need to get good grades, be an yeah. A student. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was right. like, I don't want to be an A student anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on so that. True. That's so yeah. true. So, okay. So you were, you were getting your degree. Um, you were doing, what were you selling door to door for the brief time that you were selling? I was selling Verizon. Verizon. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know if that's, Verizon is the mobile yeah. know, cell phone, mm-hmm. but for business to business. So oh, I got okay. to sit down. Like my goal oh. was to get to the a decision maker, which usually was the owner or a manager uh-huh. and really understand how did they get started? So I kind of like interview them okay, very okay. quickly. Yeah. Understand. And there was some very like common path. Mm. Nothing was given, nothing was easier. And they really, you know, focus and tell the truth. Um, so it was, that's how I started. Was, this was one of the most difficult jobs that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. But the training that I had there, implementation of systems, being prepared, understanding how to build report. Do you think I can knock on a door today and figure out what's going on? <laughs> Pretty easy, right? Yeah. Also, um, like the doors in my face, mm, yeah. it didn't matter how I looked. If I was a, a woman or a man, the doors were like in my face, like oh no in oh all of gosh. that. So I had to learn. At, at first, really sucked because I was taking everything personal, right? Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, yeah. They don't like me because of my exit or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you really uh, had to separate things. They really like love average. How can I go through it? And I think mm-hmm. that all those skills, I really uh, am able to apply in real estate in any yeah. anything that I, I, I do. 
Yeah. So you were doing the sales gig and you were getting these doors slammed in your face. You were growing a tough skin and you were at that point, were you thinking like, I'm going to do sales for the rest of my life. And then your, your mentor sort of pushed this, gave you the rich dad, poor dad book. And how did that, I mean, it seems like that was the thing, the, the turning point that completely changed everything. So after you read that book, were you like, okay, I'm not doing sales anymore? So here, here's a couple of things. James. My intention, I never had this like American dream that, oh, let me go to <laughs> America. I had a great life in Brazil, family, friends, and everything else, super comfortable. And when I came here, my goal is like two years, I get my master's degree and I go back the next day. I hate the weather, <laughs> sucks, you know, don't like to be pale majority of the year. Uh, want to go back. Right. But, uh, things changed during my last semester. I met my ex-husband. So things started changing mm. on that personal level too. Uh, my goal was never to be in sales, but I took that job because I had zero sales experience. So mm-hmm. I knew that it would suck balls mm-hmm. doing it, but mm-hmm. I really needed to acquire the experience about and feeling comfortable in, in, in yeah. selling and negotiating. Mm-hmm. So I took that job, but it was never like uh, my intention. My goal gotcha. was really to go back and work within multinational companies, uh, which I still could do it. But I, once the book, I read the book, I was like, oh, and there's also this possibility that I can be in charge of my own destiny mm-hmm. and do other things um, Mm -hmm. in the world of investment that I was not aware of. So I was like, oh, so is that how people are able to really, you know, live a financially free life? Because that was not in my realm, having that that idea that um, business owners, uh, what I saw is like people really working very hard, even Mm -hmm. though they had their own businesses. And then the quadrant explained to me that they were not actually um, mm. uh, investors. And there is another area where um, it didn't even exist in my head. So really that was a turning point for me. Mm. So you read the book yeah. and then you and your now ex-husband, yes. you decided to buy this first home and you overspent on construction, but yeah. you made out in the end with um, with some good profit. Yes. We, we, we stay at the house and we later on, we moved out, we rented for Airbnb and still own it up to, up to this day. Um, at that time it was really the six months that took for us to analyze the market, really understand what we were looking for and crunch the numbers. That was really, really important for us that time frame. So I remember exactly the weekend that this property came on the market it was a single family house came on the market it was Memorial Day weekend. And um, the realtor said, well, I'm going, I'm going to the beach. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to see this property with or without you. <laughs> this is it. So I looked the property, great bones, still great bones. It was a great mm-hmm. purchase. Uh, just a construction and I did not have the skills necessary <laughs> uh, to hold back the construction cost and what I paid was 
absurd. I will pay half right now because <laughs> I have better sources. But it really propelled us to uh, invest in other properties and grow the business. Mm. And what um, what market was that in, and what year was this? That was 2011, 2012, okay. um, Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. Okay. Yes, where I lived, yes. Okay, so you were living in, are you still in Philadelphia? Yes, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, great. I went to college in Philly. Oh, nice. Um, and so I'm a little familiar with it, but not definitely not the real estate side of things. Okay, so you bought this in 2011 in Philly, and mm-hmm. you still own it now. Yeah. So then then what? You you saw that it worked. You sort of had a proof of concept, mm-hmm. and you were like, okay, so we can get this to work. And then what was your thought after that? Were you going to do more single family homes? Well, I really enjoyed the construction part, even though I overspent. <laughs> <laughs> At that time, I was like, oh, I really enjoyed this. So my goal what was did like, you okay, wait? What did you enjoy about it? I'm curious. I just enjoyed the process, the smell of things. And I was like, that's weird to say it, but <laughs> I kind of like, I really enjoy this process of transforming things or thinking mm-hmm. through and having a plan, executing the plan and brainstorming and resolving issues that at that time were like big issues that right now it's just like, oh, that's nothing. But, you know, going through like we did, um, we underpinned the basement. For me, that was like, I love this. And I, <laughs> right? But the process, the engineering process, thank God we did it right. We did it with permits, with an engineer, Mm -hmm. because I hear like so many weird stories. Like I love the learning process of that. And then after, we're like, okay, I I can totally see myself doing this like full time. And uh, we actually partner up with somebody that um, has done tons of tons of deals before and we brought the deal to the table. He brought the finance and with part of our finance, we, we did a joint venture and did cup off deals together until I could, we could like walk with our own legs. So when did you get into multifamily? You're, you do multifamily mm-hmm. commercial stuff now, right? Mm-hmm. So I did rehabs and then building new construction multiple at the same time and then acquisition of small small multifamilies right now i i'm looking to really transition to larger multifamilies within i work with a commercial developer and uh we i am the director of real estate development and i'm doing like the numbers change a lot. The negotiation mm-hmm. changed a lot, but we do um, involved in step down facilities right now. It's like 52 bedrooms, 27,000 square feet facility that we're finishing up in March. Okay. This specific project um, that we're working on and different commercial um, projects that we're going to build from ground up. Oh, wow. So how did you get into, how did you make the move from small multis to doing that, to doing like commercial? Mm -hmm. That being commercial itself, what attracts me again, the construction part really attracts me. So every time that I pass by a larger uh, construction, I was like, I will be super interested in seeing their, you know, spreadsheets and how they (laughs) scheduling, (laughs) scheduling, right? Yeah. I really want 
want to see the drawings. I really want to see all of that. Uh, nobody was knocking at my door saying, oh, come, I will teach you how to, yeah. how this works, mm -hmm. right? I had experience with small multi, multi and everything, but what I really wanted to get it experience with really larger multi-million dollar construction projects. Mm -hmm. Right now, my HVAC cost, it's much more than my entire rehab that for my first deal for example, uh -huh. Uh -huh. right? So there's a lot of zeros involved, a lot of details involved and things like that. So I put it out there on, on my circle of friends and say, hey, I'm going to go back to the same strategy that I used throughout my entire life. How can I gain this knowledge by doing it, not by myself? Because yeah. then I will play with so many zeros and sometimes with other people's, you know, money. So how can I gain that? But also what I bring to the table in terms of implementing systems and creating uh, logistics uh, that work. And a friend of mine connected with another friend of ours and he called me, he's a longtime real estate developer here who also owns a construction company. We had a great uh, friendship and mm -hmm. he's like, would you consider coming to work? for us. And I was like, I'll be a worst employee ever, but how can we, <laughs> right? And he's like, great, I'll hire you. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to agree with everything you say. And we're going to butt head. At the same time, I was like, tell me exactly what, you, what do you need in your, in your, in your company? It's like, I really need somebody that will develop the projects that we own, but also implement systems and, and organize things in a way that we can flow in a different way. I was like, I like that. Mm -hmm. I can bring that to the table. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, how can we work in terms of schedule? Because I also have other things going on in my life. So you mm -hmm. cannot, I cannot sign like a non-compete for, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. I still mm -hmm. want to do what I do best, but can we work something out? I can bring a lot to the table, but also gain the knowledge that I'm looking for. And then mm -hmm. we, we strike a deal and it's going well. I'm learning a ton. And I'm also, you know, bringing a lot to the table because at the end of the day, it's all about managing people. Mm -hmm. And that is what mm -hmm. comes down to awareness about how to deal with people, how to really negotiate. I don't really care if you never negotiated with me and you, if you done business with so-and-so for years and years. I'm going to negotiate the price regardless of your mm -hmm. estimate. So yeah. it's just like really soaking it up a lot. And again, I really enjoy the construction part of it. So yeah. it's more like asset management at some point. Mm. Yep. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. So talk to us about the construction piece, because this is something I'm not very familiar with. Same I'm still here. back at the, <laughs> the stage with, with your story about the first house that you had where you overspent. That's like where I'm perpetually stuck. Like every time I do construction, <laughs> I feel like I'm overspending and I don't know what I'm doing. So talk to us about it, because I think there's a lot of thinking out there that construction is inherently risky. And you've done a lot of it at this point. So mm. talk to us about that. What is the process? And, you know, what are the risks that people should consider? Sure. And I think that when, when we think about it, everything can be risky if there's no knowledge and not mm -hmm. the right team in place. hundred mm percent. -hmm. Would I, would I go on a project that, it, you know, 200 units with my eyes closed and I only have done residential and small multi without a partner that has done that before? 
Probably not because I won't see what I need to see unless right. it's really in front of me, mm-hmm. like right here, <laughs> right? Um, so really, from my point of view, it really starts with the drawings, the architect. Mm. The mm. architect, depending on the drawings, and you don't need to be multifamily. It can be single family but larger. If the, the architect draw some beautiful windows, but they are all custom, <laughs> right? It will drive uh-huh. the price up. Let's say multifamily, if the architect don't put the kitchens one on top of the other or mm. not line up or cl- the plumbing mm-hmm. is not closer, if one is here, another one is there, that also increased the cost. So I don't want to do the architect's job, right? That's that's the first thing. At the same time, I want to work with him or her and look at the design and say, okay, I don't want to compromise the quality of the project, but at the same time, how can we be mindful of the cost? Because mm-hmm. if I'm doing multiple at the same time or a multifamily, I want to make sure that the plumbing is running everything in one side. Because mm-hmm. if it is not, then that, that's, it, it's complicated, <clears throat> right? And I believe it, this, it comes with experience or having somebody experience doing it. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a very clear example. Doors. Ordering doors. I've ordered doors before. Very quick, right? But when you are ordering 50, 60 doors for a, a project, swings in, swings right, swings left, right, reverse, right. Like it's so many other hinges. One, two, three hinges. Why this? Why that? It is so many details that mm-hmm. it, it comes down to the process. When do I need to order doors? It mm-hmm. takes three months to get in, two months to get in. So it's all logistics. What comes down to is really the team that you have with you. If you yeah. don't know construction, you have to have somebody in your team that can see ahead because I'm working two weeks ahead mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to hiring, hiring the right person, make sure you have a tight contract in terms of when do you want to get paid Is it progress payment? Yes. It's not based on 20%. No, it's all based on the progress. And when I say progress, I don't mean windows being delivered to the job place. Mm -hmm. I mean windows being installed. Mm -hmm. Installed. Mm -hmm. So everything needs to be installed there in order to to the draw to be released. So it's like like a musician. Right, mm-hmm. you, you you go here, you go there, and you adjust, and making sure that one person is behind the other. So the scheduling is really key. Who can work? What trades can work together? What comes mm-hmm. first? Or what comes next? Is really important to get that knowledge. Otherwise, there will be a delay on yeah. the construction, and therefore the the price will go up. I feel like that's such. That's exactly when I, you know, got into real estate is you have to find the right people, the right team to surround yourself with, to give you that education and give you that knowledge to light the way for you. It's like walking through a cave and it's dark. You don't know anything. You don't know what's around you. You don't know what's five feet in front of you or 30 feet in front of you. But if you have someone who's walked this cave or walked a similar cave to this before that can shine a light for you and show you what to expect and what you need to be thinking about five feet ahead because in 20 feet or 30 feet, this is going to happen or a hundred feet from here, we need to project that. So we're going to talk about that now Mm -hmm. um, is so critical to success in the early days of real estate. It was for me, 
when I didn't really know what I was doing and what not to do, it was getting out there and talking to people and making sure that I had the right team around me to, you know, guide, guide the way and show me how to get where I was trying to go. Um, and that's such great advice because people ask me all the time, well, if I want to get to where I'm trying to go, you know, how do I, what do I need to do? What's the next step? Yeah. And I always tell them, you know, it's education. You got to get out there and you have to educate yourself and then you have to find the right people to work with. And so many people present a deal and they're like, well, what do you think about this deal? Is this deal a great deal? And it's like, that's not the way to approach things, right? You really have yeah. to start with how much do you know, how much education do you have to be able to assess whether this team is the right team to then be able to decide whether this is the right deal or not. To absolutely. Into. Absolutely. It's all about what I'm bringing to the table. One of the biggest things that some, you, some people want to get the knowledge, but not, do not pay for it in yeah. terms of, oh, I'm going to come here and I want I don't know, 50-50. I didn't get 50-50 on my right. first deals, <laughs> but I gained a lot of knowledge and that yeah. saved me a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So I will totally pay for to, to have the, the knowledge and get small percentage uh, on the equity. Um, and also another thing that I would say is that after every single project, I don't care if it is three units, 10 units, 100 units, whatever mm -hmm. that is. Your team got to work together and really understand what worked, what didn't mm -hmm. work, and yeah. really talk to the, if there are private lenders, get a feedback from them. What worked for you? Would you have any recommendation? How can mm -hmm. we work better? Because those are the most important lessons. Like, okay, mm -hmm. what, what over here we could have done differently to, I don't know, get the HVAC guy in yeah. Three weeks before, mm -hmm. which would not have, you know, delayed the project because X, Y, and Z. So all of that, the, the, those debrief moments, I think that's really crucial. Yeah. And especially to do that fresh right after the project is done. So everybody's bringing their different perspectives and lessons learned to the table. And then you can bring that forward. Absolutely. And when you have so many trades working together, it's mm -hmm. also important to me as, as the project manager that they interact among themselves. Yeah. Because sometimes one specific project that I'm working on right now, I am minimum two to three hours far. Mm. My eyes are not there. Yeah. Right. So another day we had an issue. The guys were like, um, the heat is not working. I was like, well, what do you mean the heat is not working? Oh, the guys were working over here and I think they closed one of the, you know, the vents and it's not working. We had to brainstorm. I had to get the electrician involved, HVAC involved, everybody involved virtually to really like, okay, show me where it is and what's, what, what's going on. But we worked together and we figured that out and moved forward. But all the trades, the more that they work together well, more your project you know, go smoother. Mm -hmm. If there is any like bickering or, or something uh, among them, and um, I've seen it all. I've seen uh, people cutting pipes <laughs> just to get oh their <laughs> wires through and, and everything else and all of that. So as the, the person guiding them through, I think that that's the, the most important thing. And looking at the asset, 
as a whole, mm-hmm. right? Because not just the construction itself. Right, exactly. Because I can imagine if you're only working on wiring, then there's a pipe in your way. Then you're like, well, I'm just going to cut right through the pipe. Who cares about the rest of the building? I'm going to get my job done and I'm going to get paid for my part. So I can totally see how something like that would happen. So how did you, I'm still curious how you got from that point where you did that first house to this point where you know clearly so much about construction. Mm -hmm. Did you have a mentor along the way or did you take courses? What, how did you get to learn all of this stuff? Yes. And yes, (laughs) yes for all the questions. So yeah. So after that, I partner up with a person after my first deal, we partner up with a person that had experience in rehabbing projects. At the beginning, it was not a 50-50 deal, but he got to the point that it was a 50-50 deal. And it's mm. kind of like, okay, help me help, help me to crawl. And then we were walking and that I can walk on my own. And then really leveraging, I learned that I can have different partners and leverage time, money, and funds, mm-hmm. uh, time, money, and experience in different areas and then scale that, right? That was my, my main uh, part on it. How can I manage those projects but really create systems that I can implement everywhere, I can tell you my paint color never change. I don't think <laughs> never will. I got, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but it's not something that I'm looking to spend my time on. And I get the same yeah. results every time that somebody sees the paint color. Love this color. Great. So my, my goal was really like, how can I duplicate this? Spend less and less time on it and do multiples at the same time. So mm-hmm. got to the point where I was... Uh, 15 at the same time, more or less, rehabs going on, and then growing my rental portfolio and then transition to uh, multifamilies doing the same thing. I also did new construction, which is another animal. Mm-hmm. I, I really uh, drive and strive with knowledge. So I like that part. And finding great teams that, let's say, can I raise funds? Yes, I can. I strive on the construction part. So I have a team around me that, okay, the acquisition, funding, once it's closed, the ball is on my court and everybody steps back and then I'll take it to the end. So mm-hmm. really creating that team that you can, they know what they bring to the table. I know what mm-hmm. I bring to the table. And there is that trust factor there. It works wonders. We'll get back to our conversation with Andressa in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, 
and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now... Back to our chat with Andressa Gadelli. Are you here to stay in the U.S. or would you ever, like, it sounds like you've done a lot of these projects and you've probably done enough to where you could probably step away and not have to do as much. So mm-hmm. do you ever intend to go back to Brazil or maybe well, do this in Brazil? Well, I have I have my family here now. I became ah, a, a citizen. Okay. Yeah, so I don't, don't have in my mind, I love Brazil, but I can't, I don't think that I can go there. The the build is that's funny because the building systems there work very different. Mm. It's a lot of concrete and and um, different materials and different mm-hmm. ways of doing things. So I will have to start from zero if I were to go <laughs> back there. So no, I, I build my family here and Liz and I are are building our investor community um, to help other women. So that's where we are focusing on right now. So really quick before we move into our investing for good impact around, I do want to talk about that because we did talk with Liz about that, about starting the invest her platform. So tell us a little bit from your perspective about why you guys created that, why it's so mm-hmm. important to you. Um, and what, what do you love about it? Yeah. So Liz and I always had a great relationship and we start having, you know, different types of conversations. If I had a, a breakdown, something, I would call her and she would call me. And one day we were talking and we're like, okay, where do women go when they have issues, when they want to get support and offer support from each other? And we started looking for it. We couldn't find anything. So mm-hmm. we're like, okay, so we got to create something where people can really go. And more than that, women, uh, we would like to create, we created a platform where women feel comfortable raising their hands, asking mm-hmm. questions mm-hmm. and really like driving was this project was never about Liz and I will never be about Liz and I, everything mm-hmm. that we're doing here. We believe it's for the next generations where mm-hmm. little girls are going to be able to hear and mm-hmm. see women on stage, seeing mm-hmm. different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still working on, on all of this. I was in a, a conference uh, not that long ago mm-hmm. where I was the only woman sitting down there. Yeah. And the theme was construction, right? So uh-huh. it was in my <laughs> element. And then um, the mediator, he came and he talked to everybody and say, hey, I'm going to ask you this question. And when he came to me, instead of saying, yeah, I'm going to talk about X, Y, and Z about construction. He said, um, I'm going to ask you how is to be a woman in this business. I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely yeah. not. I'm here to talk about construction and, mm-hmm. and you're going to switch the question Yeah, because it's, so why am I sitting down here? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I love the guy. He's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't do it on purpose, but in, in, 
was a like a moment like wait hold on a second what's going on here i don't think people are used to see women sitting down at the table and really showing a different perspective about yeah. it it's not about being masculine or pushy or or, or you know bossy or anything like that mm -hmm. it's a lot of different perspective if i believe if a round table does not have diversity overall diversity mm -hmm. it is just a straightforward point of view so right. that's what we are creating we are creating those safe places around the country with meetups with our mm -hmm. podcast and mm -hmm. pretty soon our membership uh, uh -huh. to really offer support for women mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that want to take their business to the le next level on their own terms and that's what differentiates i believe women than um you know other folks uh because we really um We strive to be great moms and great uh, citizens, women, wives, friends. Yeah. And it works for us if all the parts, it doesn't need to be perfect, all balanced, yeah. but it needs to be an unbalanced way, the way that we want it to be. And that differs from women to women. Yeah. I think it's so, I think I mentioned this on the episode with Liz, but I think it's so amazing what you guys are doing because I know, um, obviously being a female that, you know, we learn in such a different way, um, than men do. And, um, I know that I, I wish there was something like this three, four years ago when I got really serious into real estate because there just wasn't. And I had to approach mostly males, um, and ask them the questions and feel like I was not enough and not adequate and that they were lying and all of these kinds of things. And so um, I think it's so important to have a community like this to give women a place. Like you said, I think a key word that sticks out in my mind is a safe place, a place where they can ask the questions that they may feel like is a dumb question or one that they should know um, yeah. and not be attacked, you know, or not made to feel like that's a stupid question, but to just get an answer. Like it doesn't exactly. need to come with like sarcasm or all this other stuff, but just to get a real answer from somebody. So You know, it's so funny though. Um, and I ask a lot of questions because I'm just, I was not that before. Sometimes I took very personal, but I think that door to door helped me a lot with that. But <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that really happened with me and I give the same answer all the time and women out there, you might hear this. Let's say I'm asking, I'm talking to a drywall guy and I ask, How did you come up with this number? Because in my head, I already did the math and yeah. it's a little off. And then the answer that I usually get is, starts like this. I have been doing this for 45 years. <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. When he starts like that, I was just like, okay, tune out. And then I was like, I get that. But that was not my question. I didn't ask you how many years are you in business. I'm yeah. asking you, how did you come up with this number? Because I already did the math and it doesn't make sense. Right. So I am asking you, not because I don't know. And if I didn't know, it also didn't matter. Yeah. I'm questioning because I'm seeking to understand the numbers mm -hmm. because I don't want right. to come back here and see a waste of drywall everywhere in this project. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure we start with the right expectation. Yeah. That's it. I yeah, you tell them. Yeah. <laughs> tell them, <Odessa>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They, they were like, they look at me and say, you're a little, but you're a, raw, a tough cookie. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I get that a lot too. I stand <laughs> tall at five, three and a half and people like, I'm like a little fireball. So I love that. 
Cool. All right. Let's roll into the investing for good impact round. So we're going to ask you three questions around okay. investing for good. Okay. So the first question is around investing in yourself. So what is one way that your investments are helping you um, to live a better life? Well, I think that in this business, we have too many things going on at the same time, right? And as we get more experience, um, the quantity does not fulfill me. And I know that. It's more about the quality and how much I have a quality life. My lifestyle comes first yeah. and my investment comes after. And mm -hmm. that didn't come very easy for me. My brain works very fast. I love working and I can work all day. Mm -hmm. So like having discipline in this business to despise all my to-do list, to mm -hmm. choose me, choose self-care, and mm -hmm. schedule time to take care of my mind, my body, my soul yeah. has been really transforming. So real estate has helped me to like realize that there's always another day and the to-do list will never end. Mm -hmm. We'll always have more because I, that's how I work. I'll yeah. have always mm -hmm. something to do and something to aim for. And that's exciting for me. But as I'm getting older, I guess, I am uh, choosing me more than anybody else. So that comes with saying more no's than yes. That's so hard. That's such a hard thing that I know I struggle with. And trying to protect my time, um, you know, for me is something that is so hard. Um, I have three kids and we run businesses and, you know, the podcast. And as you know, too, it's just mm -hmm. crazy. Um, so I love that. And it's such a good reminder for, for me to um, remember to, to make that a priority. Yeah, right. And you yeah. can be with kindness. Um, I had yeah. a lender another day that he met. Um, we met in one of the investor meetups. And it's like, let's schedule time to meet. I was like, how about if we schedule a quick call? Yep. First. <laughs> And That's then we see, because I don't want to waste yeah. your time. And maybe I, I am not investing in projects that your business wants to invest. Yeah. So he's like, well, I thought we could discuss this in a meeting. I was like, if it is a good fit, then we'll discuss it. But other than that, yeah. here's my, my calendar. <clears throat> you can book a 15-minute call. Yeah. Sometimes it is uncomfortable, but I can't. It got to the point where I don't want to waste anybody's time including right. mine and theirs. So yeah. I'm very respectful of that. All right. Second question is investing in others. What's one investment strategy or hack that you can share with our audience that might help them catapult their investing journey? Don't assume that you can't. For example, mm -hmm. if you get an appraisal for your single family or multifamily, whatever it is, don't assume that, okay, that's a sentence, a life mm -hmm. sentence, and you're going to sit with that. <laughs> I didn't know that. So that was like, okay, ignorance. So I created, it happened to me three times and I got into an appraisal that was not accurate. A lot of discrepancies. So I did my own report and had a very nice conversation with the appraiser, not asking him or her to adjust his. So it's like, Hey, uh, would you take a look and a couple of points that I, put here and mm -hmm. to be able to adjust if you feel that it's a, a, a good uh, fit. Mm -hmm. And that changed a lot on my first uh, time. Um, the increase of the amount was 25,000. The second wow. time was from zero mm -hmm. to 114. And the second time was $115,000. Wow. That I was wow. able to do it. So don't assume that 
things are like set in stone, have a conversation and really work things out. Such good advice. I think as women, as females, we're often afraid to ask. And that's something that I always, you know, tell my my girls. It's something I remind myself of. It's like when I'm faced with a situation, it's like, well, if I don't at least ask, I'll never know. And, you know, if you just ask, sometimes you'd be surprised what you'd get in return. So exactly. that's a good reminder. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last question is investing in the world. What is one thing that your investments are doing to make the world a better place? Mm. I think that not, not, I mean, we, we give houses for people and, and all of that, but beyond, beyond, beyond that offering the, those services, I believe that my commitment with in real estate as a tool mm-hmm. to give the support for women to offer a platform where they can feel comfortable asking and asking for support and giving support. Um, that's what Liz and I are really, really committed in a very uh, large scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is consuming a lot of our time right now, but we do yeah. believe that we are on the right path because it's, again, it's not about us. It's not mm-hmm. even about my community. Some we yeah. have leaders across the, the country that we never met that bought into our <clears throat> vision that are leading groups of, of women. I looked another day and um, the amount of women that attend those meetup events yeah. are on the thousands. Uh-huh. So it's really impactful. If we can change one life, we can change you know, a couple of lives. I'm really happy with that. And that fulfills me. Yeah. You guys that. are really creating a movement. Um, and somebody told me once it only takes one candle to light a thousand. And that's exactly what you all are doing. You are yeah. lighting these individual candles and then giving them the tools to go off and then create these communities. Exactly. So, Andressa, I'm sure there's a lot more to cover. So what's the best place for our listeners to go to learn more about you, Real Estate Invest Her, and all that you're doing? Well, you guys can check out our website, therealestateinvesther.com, H-E-R.com, or Instagram at therealestateinvestor as well. You can find all the information there. And uh, if you have any questions, shoot an email to info at therealestateinvestor.com. Perfect. Well, we will have all of that in the show notes for our listeners. Andressa Gadelli, co-founder of the Real Estate Invest Her and co-host of the Real Estate Invest Her podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us, Andressa. Thank you so much, guys. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Investing for Good, the number one podcast for people like you who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com slash podcast. And be sure to join the Investing for Good Facebook community. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations every week. Until next time, keep investing for good.